National Football League Talk every Tuesday with Bo Marchant. Covering the NFL Draft at college2pro.com and the NFL Draft Bible. Covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated. Living and running in Eastern Ohio and on Twitter X at Bo Marchant. Here's Bo with Bryant and Brett. Bo Marchant joins us now to talk the NFL, a busy, busy weekend, leading us into the final weekend of the regular season. Bo, thanks so much for joining us, and I want to start with the team uh, that you cover very, very closely, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another win for them over the weekend on the road against the Seahawks behind the play of Mason Rudolph. What have you made um, of these last couple of games? And then the news coming out today with Kenny Pickett coming back, being healthy, they're going to stick with Mason Rudolph going into Week 18. Yeah, you got to stick with the hot hand, especially yeah. after losing the two games back to back between the Cardinals and the Patriots. They were both uh, two win teams when they arrived at Acrisure, and you know they left each with a win, and that's what led to the change to Mason. And he's played phenomenal. He hasn't turned the ball over yet. He's been playing clean football, and more importantly, it's just a well rounded offense. We all we saw what they were able to do running the football against the Seahawks this weekend, and they also have been. Um, getting George Pickens involved, and that was a big, big asterisk on the Steelers' offense prior to everything else leading up to the, you know, the eventual switch from Trubisky to Rudolph due to the Pickett injury. So who knows how long this lingers? Um, if they win, you know, their odds of making the playoffs are still pretty slim. They're going to need a lot of crazy, crazy scenarios to pan out. But if that would unfold, that would lead to another curious thing. Uh, you know, in what direction? Tomlin will go. And remember, Rudolph's on a one-year deal, so it's not like you're just automatically saying, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph's the guy next year. One, the Steelers would have to resign him. Among that great fan base, is it the year that could have been, or are they resigned to, this isn't so bad? <sighs> you know, I, I I felt optimistic. I really did. Two, last, last season, I picked them to finish last in the in the division. This year, I actually pitched, I picked them to uh, finish first. I I really liked how the team looked, and then we all got snookered into the preseason. You know, you never want to put too much, but the offense just looked so good. I mean, you know, every uh, you know, the, you know, every time Pickett and Canada and company were you know in a preseason game, you know, they, they look like a dynasty to be. And you know, then the season starts, they just get walloped at home against the Forty ers completely demolished. And I think that was the wake up call, and you kind of give it hope after that, Brett. But as we've seen, uh, you know, the offense has never – the offense has, you know, the last two weeks on the Rudolph, and we're not saying this is all Mason Rudolph, but this is this these last two weeks are the first time this offense has looked good since Ben Roethlisberger's retired, in my opinion. So that's, that's a couple seasons where this team has really lacked any identity offensively, and they've finally found it. So long story, I guess, uh, long answer, uh, I, you know uh, – I think the Steeler fans, they're going to be disappointed, but I think just playing at least good football before the final week is something they can hang their hat on because at the end of the day, I think reality set in that this team wasn't the team that we thought they were or they even could be. Yeah, it's something they can be proud of. They've played like that. But I don't know how this dynamic has occurred because I know he didn't do it, but how has the offensive line played so much better for Mason Rudolph than it did Pickett? Uh, you know, I think there's just little intangibles. Maybe, you know, uh, getting like uh, just say two weeks ago when they got they got Pickens involved early. You know, you you can't put that eighth man in the box. You kind of got to respect the passing game. 
Um, you now you you know you got to play a little off the ball, and it gives a little bit more of the running game and allow those guys to move. Um, past you know pro, they were always able to kind of protect Pickett, but the run game was the thing that was stagnant. And I just think that's one of the abilities of Rudolph being able to kind of you know put the ball up and and make big connections and put the ball deep. Uh, you know, with Pickett especially, you know, you saw a lot of short throws. Um, you know, it was almost like a extension of the of the run game. You know, and I think with Rudolph, the 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 ability to get the ball deep, which he's been able to do, and I think that could be one of the small elements that have uh, come in. And you guys know, if you go ask these guys, if I go down to the south side tomorrow and ask these guys why is the offense playing better, they're just going to say it's because we're executing better. So. Oh, it's about execution. If they win 50, it's execution. If they lose 50, it's because of the lack of execution. Well, tough game for the Steelers uh, to end the season against the Ravens, a team uh, coming off a massive win over the Dolphins, 56-19. to How impressive uh, was that performance by the Ravens? It looks like that. Uh, Landslide MVP. Uh, oh, yeah. that's why, I mean, wrapped up the MVP for Lamar Jackson. What did you make uh, of kind of that marquee game that everybody was looking forward to this weekend really being a cakewalk for the Ravens? Yeah, they they really took it to the Dolphins. I mean, it was it was over early. If you want, you know, there was a prize fight that might have stopped it at a certain point, rather than get the score up to fifty six nineteen. You know, Tom Munkin, first year with uh, Baltimore as the OC, him and the combination of Lamar Jackson. Usually, when a new guy steps into that type of role, you might see a a dip or some slack, something where it just doesn't take off, but. As the season has gone on, they've just continued to grow together. And Jackson is, he is playing at the MVP level. I, 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 he's had to supplant that, at least at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. the big win over Miami, 13-3. and three, They have everything clicking. The defense is playing great. Uh, but I, I think Munkin and Jackson, that's you know an unwritten thing that's not talked about is, you know, how well he's helped, you know, get that offense to kind of change the way we usually see you know, the Ravens do their thing, you know, you know, a run, run, run game. And if you watch Lamar Jackson and as, as dynamic as he is, there's almost times when I watch him where I want him to run. But he is so patient in the pocket now. He's so diligent going through his reads and finding the open guy. To me, that's the thing I've walked away uh, most impressed with with Jackson this year is, you know, if, listen, if you want him to do dynamic something dynamic with his feet, he's going to be able to do it. But his patience to to really stay in the pocket and watch the receivers get open and, and, and that split second where he decides to do that, I think that's helped them. And I think it's helped the team, and it's helped protect him as well. You know, you, he's a small guy. You never want even a big quarterback to take too many hits. But he's protecting himself well. He's protecting the ball and, and Baltimore. And I know we always do our Twitter thing, guys. I was going to put the Ravens, but, <laughs> you know, number one seeds on each side. I know we saw it last year with the <laughs> Eagles and the, and the Chiefs. It's a rarity. I think like yeah. 12 or 13 times in the history since they've been doing seeding have we had one meet one AFC, NFC. So I just wanted to, if I was going to take out the 49ers, I was going to put like the Eagles and then, then the, and the Ravens. I just think it's very difficult for those number ones to, to, you know, meet. And have we seen the history proves it? It's just, it's hard, hard, hard once the playoffs start to get the ones back to the, the Super Bowl. This could be the year where we have a Super Bowl of fours versus fours, or a four versus a five, it could happen. Lamar Lamar Jackson, he was taken 32nd in the first round by the Ravens in the 2018 draft. Here's the quarterbacks that went in front of Lamar Jackson. Now, everybody looks bad now, but Baker Mayfield went one to Cleveland. 
Sam Darnold went three to the Jets. Josh Allen went seven to Buffalo. Josh Rosen went ten to Arizona. And that's the quarterbacks taken ahead of Lamar Jackson. Look, they're all paying the price. It looks bad now. And whatever the motivation or why was, uh, Baltimore looks smart. Everybody else looks bad. But I can tell people that are out there looking for some nefarious conspiracy of why Lamar Jackson dropped. There's a guy named Tom Brady that went 199. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, look at Brock Purdy. Nobody knows. And, you know, we all get caught up in the draft hype. We, we all got caught up in different dynamics or, uh, things that are said and, you know, what, maybe they can't do this. I mean, you know, Justin Herbert wasn't a tough enough competitor and he played in the Pac-12 and it wasn't a tough conference and we'll be able to see what he's done. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an unexact science and we know that. But, you know, we, Brett, how many times have we discussed that was Ozzy Newsom's going away present as the GM. And, and Ozzy, we trust. I'm, yep, and we're going to give you Lamar Jackson and I'm, and I'm going to be an MVP. I'm going to be a Hall of Fame General manager as well as a Hall of Fame tight end, uh, Ozzy Newsom, just again once again just showing how good he was at building a team via the draft with the insight and the knowledge to say, hey, you know what, we're going to go in. We know we don't have Joe Flacco. We're going to go in a different direction. You know, we're going to change things up and bring this, you know, Lamar Jackson rookie kid in out of Louisville, and and lo and behold, uh, you know, arguably, uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the last five years we'll have all the playoff matchups next week now the nfl there's not really a bracket because it's all it's always based on seating and you know it can change like if we have some upsets you know that that first weekend for sure into the second weekend but right now i want us all to go on the record what's your what what do you think lamar jackson has what he has to do in the playoffs to back off the critics for the lack of playoff success here's mine just get to an AFC championship game. Anything after that, then I think it speaks for itself. But anything before that, maybe not to the the level of criticism he has endured, but there still will be questions. I say AFC championship game, after that house money. Bo, what, what are yours? I agree with you 100%. I think it's an AFC championship game, but I'll add he has to play well if they lose. If they lose at home, and the AFC Championship okay, game, he underperforms significantly. Then I think the Boo Birds and all the the spectac- you know, everything that all the scrutiny, it'll fall back on his shoulders once again. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that, uh, Bo. I know the weekend was good for you with with the Steelers uh, in the NFL. Are you there with us on? AFC yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Brett. I don't know how the weekend was for you in the NFL, but I know for me it was an unbelievable weekend. If I can speak for myself, I mean the Cowboys yeah. winning Saturday night, and then the Eagles just not showing up against the uh, Cardinals. I shouldn't say that they played well in the first half, uh, but I, I have questions about both of those games. I guess I'll start with my Cowboys. Um, a lot of people have been talking about um, the uh, the call at the end of the game, the flag on Detroit that took away their two-point conversion to win the game. Um, an eligible man. Uh, there's video that shows him running over and, and talking to, to the official and saying, you know, I, I'm eligible, I'm eligible uh, before the play. What did you make? Two of, different linemen. Two, yeah, that's right. Uh, what did you make of that, of that sequence Saturday night in the uh, Detroit and Dallas game? Well, I mean, I, th- I mean, Dan Campbell, I believe, after the game, he said you're only allowed to, to, you know, put one eligible lineman in. And so, behold, if Skipper and the other guy at 68 came in and did that, mm-hmm. you know, then Skipper had to be the guy if that was the case. Uh, 
you know, it was a, it was a weird ending. But nonetheless, that's the rule. I mean, if that is the rule, then it's the rule. It's the rule. You, can, you can only have you can only have Thank one you. do it. You can't have two eligible. So, and it's, it's not um, the Cowboys' job to referee the game. Thank you. No, and you know, and, and to me, and those, I think those are the type of the, uh, you know, those are the best, you know, eleven or twelve men on the field, something like that. You know, it's not the, the referees being nitpicky. That's a specific rule, and and, and and in that particular play, it is a huge rule because it's just hypothetically. If Brian is doesn't declare himself an eligible well, you receiver, know who to cover. why we're not going to cover him? Right. So it's, it's. I mean, it's 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 very important that you see. And we, if listen, if you folks are at an NFL game, I mean, right when a guy comes in and he could declare himself, the referee, you know, he goes on the mic through the stadium. Sure does. Uh, you know, uh, number ninety four is eligible. Receiver. Yeah, and he, everybody knows. So you know, everybody in that stadium had to know that seventy. Or vice versa, 68, which it couldn't have been because everybody would have heard it, um, you know. But uh, Brian, I, you know, I think McCarthy walked over and gave uh, Dan Campbell the game ball after electing to go for it, you know, three straight times. That was uh, that he made Riverboat Ron look like a non-gambler, yeah, really. And, you know, football is not golf. It's not the Cowboys go no, no, no. It was I, I hit the ball and you didn't see it, or I double hit it and you didn't know it. You don't call your own. You don't call fouls on yourself. It's for the referees to do it. So the Cowboys. I mean, there, there, there's no reason for them to feel like they did something wrong. They won the game. They won the game. They they and they they won it very well. I, I, I hate to say this publicly, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. So I'm laying on the couch watching that game. And I'm I'm looking at the score and it's seventeen thirteen, and the whole entire time I think the Cowboys are losing the game at that point. <laughs> so while I'm watching it, nothing makes sense to me until I finally realize that the Cowboys were winning seventeen thirteen. Because you know, there's a you know a way you play the game, a time management, all those things. I'm like, wow, the Cowboys are not doing anything they're supposed to do right now. What is up with them? Until Lo and behold, I realized uh, you know that they are winning seventeen thirteen, not trailing. There's a real chance in the AFC for the Cleveland Browns to make noise. Yeah. It? Ah. Hey, there is, there is. They're playing well. You know, this is the fun part I think about Cleveland is, you know, Joe Flacco is a proven winner. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he's playing great football. And the team believes in him, and I think that's. When you have a guy that you can rally around, that you believe in, uh, that just builds the confidence. We know the defense has been playing very well all Stavansky year. Stavansky has confidence um, in him. Yeah, and Stavansky, and he's a you know Stavansky's a quarterback guy. We know he can you know work you know work well with the quarterback, and you just kind of see it. And we all know the injuries. I mean, for them to be eleven and five, you know, I th- I think Sean McFay is you know I think between Stavansky and Sean McFay of. Uh, as coach of the year candidates, uh, Shane Steichen from, um, you know, uh, D'Amico Ryans from Houston, those guys, it's going to be a tough, tough choice to leave one of those guys' name off that, that particular award because they, I think they've done so much, but Savansky's done a great job. Uh, you know, they could win five in a row. I just tweeted right before that. I mean, it'll be the first time they won five in a row since 94. Oh, so they're just yeah. showing the kind of, uh, you know, and what of travels in the postseason. Yeah, defense and running game. Yeah, and they can do it. They can do it. It's they're playing extremely well. And again, Flacco's. You know, they're just, they have a good vibe. You know, you've talked about those Cinderella we, we, stories. We could be at the end of time Super Bowl. It is. It is. <laughs> it is in play. It's a little yeah. far fetched, but it's it could it's happen. 
a Browns line Super Holy Bowl into town. Yeah, sure would be. It, it's possible. You know what, Brett? I was. This is what I would love to ask, and I, my, my only opportunity would probably be down at the combine when they put the GMs and the coaches up at the podiums. But and I know they'll never admit it, but I just wanted to know. I want to know if anybody was pounding on the table for Joe Flacco when they were using PJ Walker and those guys. I mean, did it get to this point where they eventually signed Flacco, or is there somebody internally that wanted? I thought Flacco they were going to be fine earlier? with Walker. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just curious. It's something we'll probably never know. But I really do want to know that it was you know was Flacco on the radar at all? Were they sitting there you know once Deshaun started missing time? That was it, that you know and they're like ah. Well, they you had know, to take and, him out of the Social Security line. <laughs> he was already know, over there he, getting his benefits. Right. You know, 38 years old, and he's Incredible. he's playing oh, he's, very He's well. 52 if he's a day. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. Uh, back to uh, the the NFC uh, East and and uh, the Eagles. Uh, a loss to the Cardinals uh, on Sunday. What did you make of that? This Eagles team has now lost four of their last five games. On the flip side of that, the Cardinals, even though <laughs> the fans booed the oh, stew man, out they of sure them. did. But the Cardinals this year, even though they've not been good at all, they have wins now in their four wins this season. They have wins over the Cowboys, the Steelers, and the Eagles. But what did you make of the Central Eagles? Florida would claim a national championship sure out of that. Yeah, listen, I did not see that one coming at all. It definitely an upset. I mean, you talk about yeah. especially in Philadelphia. What was the, one the money thing line is, on that, Brian? Oh, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. Go ahead, Bo. I'm sorry. You know, well, no, you're fine. You know, G- Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals head coach, he was their defensive coordinator last year for Philadelphia. So I, I do think That's when you're point. that really closely removed from a team, you really do know what they can do, mm-hmm. what they can't do. And it doesn't mean you're going to win. But I think that narrows the possibilities of, uh, you know, they don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. But Gannon definitely had his pulse on what Philadelphia was, uh, you know, capable of kind of being, you know, not being able to live up and beat. But they, you got to hand it to the Cardinals to play that type of football. And they've played in, inspired football all year. And even when they were losing, and they've lost more than they've won. They're 4-12. and But they play hard. And I think that's the one thing, is, a, is you know, if you're – if it's Bidwell's and you're there in Arizona, you just got to like the way the team is playing. They're they're playing with effort. The, the wins might not be there, but you know they're playing. And That's for right. the Eagles, man, they they got to you know you you want to win this last one. You don't want to go in the playoffs, you know, struggling as bad as they have and to lose to a, a, a Cardinals team that you know on paper you're significantly better than. Uh, they didn't run the ball well. That's something they do. Their defensive line got really beat up. I mean, and that's that. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, James Conner looked like the second coming of Emmett Smith Sunday. You know, that's the thing you got to take away. I mean, Philly was just beat up, and that's the most embarrassing way I think you can lose a football game is when you're just in the trenches getting manhandled. Bo, I texted you from Atlanta, and and I, I told you before I ever left, I <laughs> could I couldn't wait, and it lived up to it. Part of the Penn State announced team is Jack Ham, the legendary Hall of Fame linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played college at Penn State, largely responsible for the label of linebacker U for Penn State. What a nice man. So fun to visit with. We talked about back in the day, we talked about Dennis Winston. We talked about, you know, Mean Joe Green. We talked about Super Bowls against the Cowboys. The entire Penn State fan core 
was so nice. Their announced team, so nice. Came over pregame, introduced. Uh, I, I had met Jack Ham at a party, but had not met the play-by-play guy. Came over, introduced himself, and then post-game came over, I mean, with sincere congratulations and, and said, we, we, we hope we see y'all this time next year in the playoffs. But Jack Ham was just, just so nice to visit with. Oh, that's, that's excellent. You know, I've never had the opportunity to, uh, you know, really talk to him in a one-on-one setting. You know, I've seen him, um, you know, I've seen him on, you know, Steeler events when sometimes when they had the guys return, uh, Canton stuff. But I'm, and I remember you did, you text me, you know, hey, you're going to see Jack Ham, Ole Miss, Penn State. And lo and behold, when you said he was a dynamite individual, it just kind of makes it all fun. You know, we all have heroes. We all love sports, but it's, it's better when you have interaction or hear about an interaction. Where they kind of validate and it lives why you up love to them. it. Yeah, you, and that just even makes you more in awe. And, and and Brett, you know it as well. It's 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 fun when it's somebody you know Penn State. It's not an Ole Miss guy. It's a Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not the team you you know. It's 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 fun when those are they're guys that you know of, but they 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 connect and and they leave you with just that good impression. And I'm not kidding you. At a ten fingers, he didn't have two going the same <laughs> direction. <laughs> it, it was unbelievable. It was like a squid. I mean, his his hands were so mangled, Bo. Ah, that's that's hey, uh, <laughs> that's the price. You know, it, it, you it, it's a rough sure game, is. but it's even rougher back then. It's just uh, it just it's a good he's be able to kind of get around it and does what he does. What I mean, he's got to be what seventy four, seventy five years old. I think I know he's in his mid seventies. I think seventy five. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's uh, and he looks. I think he looks good. I mean, you know, and, and, and his eyes teared up talking about Franco Aww. Harris. Aw, it was oh, that's something. It, it, it was it was really camaraderie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend in the NFL. Week 18, the final week of the regular season, and Bo. Next week, when we're talking to you, we'll be talking playoffs, Super Bowl bracket. That's right. Yeah, well, just, hey, just remember the the Cowboys are one and two their last three times to Washington. So don't Ooh. you got to – don't get too excited. Yeah, thanks for putting that in the back of my mind. But we'll do it again next week. All right. Happy New Year again, guys. Thank Happy you. New Year, Happy Bo. New thanks. Year, Bo. We sure appreciate you through the through all these years. First met Bo. Second year I was with Ole Miss at the it was after the two thousand nine season. It was on New Year's Day of twenty ten and the late Gil Brandt introduced us. Really? Yeah. Wow. He, he he's been on this show as a regular contributor. Had him on periodically through most of 10 and then, you know, recognizing the number one sport in the country is the NFL oh, yeah. and having him every week with us since then. That's incredible. And, and at a, at a bowl game, I mean, it was fun meeting Jack Ham. Oh, I bet. That sounds just, like fun. I mean, that sounds like a linebacker, doesn't it? Sure does. <laughs> and, you know, right when you started saying all his fingers, I, you know, not, not a oh, surprise at all. I mean, I, I'm not kidding you. It, it, it really, it, but he, he was so nice. All the Penn State people, they were the same pregame as they they were the same postgame as they were pregame. Yeah. It, it, a, a lot of SEC fan bases could 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 learn from learn a thing or two from uh, from in in victory and in defeat. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett and Dunn. Happy twenty twenty four from everyone at Hewlett and Dunn. They're on the historic square in Collierville, and they've been there since nineteen sixty one. And we know everybody enjoyed the the. Perfect scene at, at, during the Christmas holidays on the square in Collierville. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife, Laura. They own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, 
uh, accessories and a cap for any team for any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots. They've got them all. Uh, boots for every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. From head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable like Anderson Bean, Dan Post, Ariat, whether for men or women. You will be taken care of at Hewlett Dunn. Men's and women's clothing, like the jeans and the pants and the shorts and the shirts, the outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find anywhere. Right now, that Philson jacket, it would feel good on this cool night. Charles and Laura Hall, they invite you to 111 North Center Street or to HewlettDunn.com, but go visit them on the square in Collierville. Sunglasses, boot care products, hats, and every area team snapback you can think of, like the, like the Tigers, a lot of those on last week at the Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, I saw all the caps in, in Atlanta, the Razorbacks, and for travel, the bag selection, it is top notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street, on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios to start the new year, 2024. Uh, we got to talk about what's trending. A lot to get to uh, in what's trending. Really could go a lot of different ways. Brett, where do you want to start? Back-to-back nights for the Grizzlies. Yeah. I say tonight is must-win. Yeah. yeah. Lose tonight, yeah. you're right back kind of where you started for, before the return of Ja. But you've lost the, the time. You no, lost in three weeks. No, you're absolutely right, and I think you know. Uh, I was talking to uh, to Zach Boyd, who does a great job producing both the morning show and uh, Dave Lotion's show. Um, we were talking this morning. He might have even said this when uh, he was uh, on with uh, with with John at about noon. But he said this is a very important month for the Grizzlies and their uh, and their playoff hopes because you know you mess around this month and you know you don't really take advantage of some of these teams you have on your schedule then you're running out of time then you're running out of time so you know and to start tonight tonight's game 33 which is hard to believe but you're going up against a 5 and 27 team i know victor Wimbanyama. it's gonna be fun to see him in the forum big mouth pop um, big mouth pop but uh you know this is a game that you you should Honky go out and win. rude to you around town that's today. right you know I, oh i hear a lot of horns going off right now no um but i mean and and, and the betting market's reflecting that the the grizzlies and 11 and a half point fair I mean, when's the last time? Yeah, when's the last time the Grizzlies, uh, if at all this season, have been an eleven and a half point favorite? I say you got to take these two. And the thing about the Sacramento game on New Year's Eve, I, I know there's a lot of illness. Look, I know there's a lot of illness out there, just in society. We, we, we got sure. we got Johnny on the DL. Uh-huh. I had the super crud mm-hmm. the first two weeks of December. Yeah. I have felt worse, but it was back when I was drinking. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt terrible for two weeks and sounded it. I, I was just scared to death that I I gave it to Johnny. I don't think I did because nah, last time I, I was around so. Johnny was two weeks ago today. I don't think I did. I sure sure hope I didn't. Because Johnny just a, a great person, and I was scared I was going to give it to you. But I've heard so many people, and it is rampage. Gary Darby was telling me in Atlanta 
we were talking about the Grizzlies, and he's very hopeful, mm-hmm. and he knows the team so so well. But he said it, the super crud was really going around uh, out there on, on that road trip. Sure was uh, during the holidays. Yep. yep. No, it, it was, and there were a couple of games. Uh, I think uh, one I forgot who they were playing, but you know John Morant. It was the Denver game. John Morant and uh, and Santi Aldama were both out. Conchar, you know, in Denver, what we all thought well, when we heard Ja yeah, was sick, yeah. we thought, you know, hey, you got to be ca- yeah. you got to be careful out there. Denver flu, uh huh. Yes, uh, as John it called wasn't. it, the uh, the shotgun Willie flu. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> that interaction today with John Harden was classic. Oh man, wasn't it? yes. No, John is uh, John's been a character today. Um, he, I think, he had a fun uh, New Year's too. Eve and then uh, rolled it into today. But no, um, it, G- Gary was also he 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 offered this. He said, "Just go two and one." It went mm. two out of three the yeah. rest of the way. Yeah. Go to, you know, lost Sacramento, win these next two. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and these are two that you, you really need to get. I mean, uh, San Antonio should be a win. Then wins, uh, then tomorrow night, like you said, back to back games against a Toronto team that's now new look. They had the big trade over the weekend, sending OG and Anobi to, uh, to, uh, New York. And so, so who, did who, Precious, won, who won uh, the trade? That's a, that's a really good question. I think a lot of people were saying Toronto, but then... And Gary and I, I were also talking about this. What did it get the Knicks? I think I think they're better. I know, I think, they're, yeah. I know they're better, but does that move them a seed line? I, I would say no, but you know they looked really good in that first game yesterday with this new group, and, and it sounds like they're going to make a lot more moves uh, around the deadline to try to turn this team into a real contender. But you know, I think this with a new look Toronto team, you know, I think you need to go out and, and really capitalize tomorrow night as well. And the Grizzlies they play San Antonio tonight at FedEx Forum, and tomorrow night against Toronto, the one and only time Toronto comes through. San Antonio. They're not that much better than Detroit. No, no, and and good for Detroit getting that first win um, over the weekend playing Toronto, and um, so yeah, these are uh, these are not great teams that the the Grizzlies are going to be playing. No, and then the the road games. trip to Lakers, Phoenix, yeah, and Dallas, and Tough. back into the the new year, forty two forty. What's that get you? Ten seed. I I think so. Will it? Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe. Um, it's just a lot is up in the air right now, especially in the Western Conference. I don't you, know. You want you want it? Oh, certainly. I mean, one hundred percent. But you know, talk about this Phoenix team, and it sounds like um, you know, you hear a lot. We were talking to, to Keith Smith last week, and 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 we'll probably have a similar conversation when we talk to him in a couple of days, but it really sounds like a lot of people unhappy right now in Phoenix. They're certainly not playing to the potential um, and expectation that a lot of people Biggest had for them. Biggest disappointment league. Uh, I, I certainly would be up there. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, at Phoenix is certainly tough, but, um, you know, it's it's starting to get, you know, there's some whispering going around in, in Phoenix about maybe uh, moving on from some guys. Yeah, we, we are set on Monday night in the College Football National Championship game with Washington playing Michigan. Mm-hmm. To have a first-time national champion in the 21st century, yeah, how about that? Washington's won one, and Michigan's won uh, many back. Well, some back back into the 20th century. So now we are guaranteed on Monday night, regardless who wins, we're going to have the 13th different college football wow. champion in the 21st century. And I love it for so many reasons. I like the new blood. Sure. And I love hearing the basketball heads talk about the same teams winning every year in college football. Sure. Uh, how do I break it to them? <laughs> Should I do it gently? 
Uh, yeah, probably probably pretty gently would be the way to go. With Monday night's 13th, it's the same number of different teams than college basketball's had in the 21st century. That really is incredible. Um, you think they'd believe that? I don't think no. they'd believe anything we say. <laughs> probably not, no. But uh, it, it is impressive, and I don't know really how many people would have – if you had said at the beginning of the season you can either bet – New blood or, you know, uh, a team that's already won it uh, in the 21st century. I think a lot of people would have said we'll have a, a repeat winner this year because of how good Georgia, Georgia was coming in. Bama, Alabama. I mean, there's so many. Those, even Texas. Even Texas. I mean, that, that upper echelons of, of teams that, that come in every year. But to be able to Ohio go into State. Monday, Ohio State, you know, to be able to go in um, to Monday and say no matter which way this no goes, we'll get, we'll get new blood. That's, that's really, really cool to see. 13th different champion, same as basketball. And all you hear from the basketball people is everybody has a chance. That's wide open. That's that's the way and of the bracket. Not. Yeah, no, it's really not. And, and and to do that with the the Bama supremacy with the Bama dynasty, this mini quasi Georgia dynasty, and way back in the aughts, the USC Pete Carroll yeah. dynasty. Yeah, no, no, you're right about that. And so, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. And and you're right. I don't think a lot of uh, you know basketball heads would believe you if you said that. Now, but I here do we are. think college basketball. Now, l- let me be completely fair here. Sure. Ooh, I, I, I want to do this. Yeah. We, we did miss a year because of COVID. Oh, absolutely. So college basketball absolutely. did not. They've crowned one less champion. Yeah, I'm sure. I I, I want to go back and see who were kind of the top teams on on those years and see. Gonzaga we could have broken they through. Really, they really could. They really could. I want to be really fair. I want to be a lot more fair to them than they are to us. Uh And that was in the the college basketball niche sport (laughs) world. And that was the year that, um, yeah, I mean, you played the entire season and didn't get a uh, didn't get to do the tournament that year. Right at tourney time. So so teams in full form designation and, and playing, you know, their best ball at that time. And all that said, it is prime for a firsty this year. Yeah, it really is. You look at t- today's today's poll where the Memphis Tigers came uh-huh. in at 15th. I'm trying to get to the poll. And and I don't think the uh, the poll I, I can't remember the last time the poll was denoted as any type of metric. Maybe nah. 1980. I mean it, it it's just not it it just doesn't matter mostly but to to be there, and you, you know the teams in it are probably the teams that will be around right. at, at or near the end. There could be a breakthrough. We had a real breakthrough year last year mm-hmm. with teams, but we got kind of the same old winner yeah. in UConn. Purdue's never won one. Mm-hmm. They're number one. Houston's never won one. They're right. three. Tennessee at five's never mm-hmm. won one. Are, are, are in, in, in that, that's never, not to mention in this sure. in this uh, in, in this century. Marquette hadn't in this mm-hmm. century. Right. Illinois never anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, Arizona not in right. this century. Oklahoma uh, maybe way back, but yeah, certainly not in not the twenty first. No. BYU never. never. Colorado State never. Mm-hmm. Memphis never. Right. Clemson never. FAU never. Yeah, we could we could get a basketball. No, we to, really to, to join it to to go to fourteen. We really couldn't. How about this, Brett? Uh, I was thinking about this over the weekend. Um, Purdue. Uh, number one this week in in the the polls, which released on January first. Um, so that means uh, Purdue started twenty twenty three January first twenty twenty three. Purdue was the number one team in the country. December thirty first twenty twenty three, they were the number one team in the country. And January first twenty twenty four, they were the number one team in the country. That is incredible for a team to be able to do that. And they're being judged by one thing this year. 
It's uh, it's tournament advance. Exactly, it's what they do, especially after that uh, sixteen. You know, losing to the sixteen seed, but you know, it, it paid off pretty well for Virginia, and they won it that following season after losing to UMBC. So maybe we see the same thing with Purdue. We, we, we made a lot of declarations today with Dave. We asked him about twenty twenty four of Tigers football. Yeah. That's way down the road, but also basketball. And he said second weekend. Yeah. I'm not moving the goalposts on the Tigers. No. It is second weekend, but I think more can be there. Sure, absolutely, and I, especially if they can make threes. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. And I, if you told me in in a second weekend that Thursday or Friday night that's the Sweet Sixteen, and then the following day to punch a ticket to the Final Four, they made six three-pointers or north, Mm -hmm. they're going to the Final Four. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And I think one thing that I've really enjoyed seeing over the last couple of weeks, especially after they went through that gauntlet of, of, you know, playing and beating three uh, top 25 teams back-to-back-to-back, is you're really starting to see on social media, over at ESPN.com, they had some sort of metric dive in today. Um, You know, CBS Sports, same thing. You know, you're seeing a lot of people, both social media and, you know, nationally accredited uh, sites and stuff, um, really seeing what Memphis is doing and talking about this team could be a dark horse come tournament time. This team is a legit team, and it's really, really cool to kind of see Memphis starting to get that respect um, that, you know, Penny Hardaway, I said it earlier when we were talking about what they did in non-conference with my not-top story of the day, but Penny Hardaway set out this season, got this team together, knew it was going to be this many newcomers, this many new guys put together, and said, I'm going to play the toughest non-conference schedule that I can, and and, and it sold and it has really paid out for this team. And in that non-conference, I had the Tigers going nine and four. They go yeah. eleven and two. You had eight five. Eight and five. Yeah. I mean that we cannot overlook. And we how, both had fifteen three in league. Yeah. I mean we cannot overlook how brutal of a non-conference schedule this was, and how I mean just how tough and this I, Tiger I can't team help is. That Mizzou and Arkansas may not be right now. Now what we on the on the day night that the Tigers faced them. They were. Right. That, that's right. And I've seen a lot of people kind of pointing out, you know, this team, after Memphis beat them, has now lost to, to this team. Who cares? I mean, when that game happened on that night. Can only play you when we play it, exactly. you. Exactly. You know, same thing to, to, you know, a lot of people talk about scheduling and stuff like that. I mean, you're on the schedule and I can't, you know, it doesn't change. It's it's those two teams on that night. And so the Tigers, um, it, it's, it's been really impressive. Yeah, what let's done don't move the goalpost. No, no, not at all. And I think uh, I think second weekend is, is certainly a, a goal and an expectation. Expectation um, that that you know is is the right place to be for the Tigers right now. So um, really, really impressive. Like you said, number fifteen in the AP poll, Florida Atlantic drops to number seventeen after losing to Florida Gulf Coast that same night. Um, the Lob Tigers City, beat, yeah, Lob City. That's <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, but definitely uh, a, a loss that Florida Florida Atlantic did not want. But now they're ten and three and right there. P- Purdue's the not going to get a second weekend pass. No, it's no. Final Four for them. No, it really is, and, and I. I think they have more depth there, but it's certainly going to be something uh, to watch there. They've got a game um, in a couple of uh, minutes at 6 o'clock against Maryland tonight. Maryland team that has uh, played really, really well against them. So that will be a fun game tonight. Some really good basketball, college basketball games that I will highlight um, in our next segment for uh, for where I'm beaming. But let's go ahead and get to that final break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio. We are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, 
Here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? If I'm alive, then will you be there holding my hand? I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman might. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. Hello, Haskins. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, we've kind of known this for a while, but it was it was officially made official uh, yesterday. The Memphis Showboats um, will be back with the UFL announcing their eight teams for their new league. For those who don't know, the UFL uh, is the merger between the USFL and the XFL alongside um, the Memphis Showboats, uh, the Birmingham Stallions, Houston Roughnecks, and Michigan Panthers made it from the USFL. The Arlington Renegades, D.C. Defenders, San Antonio uh, Brahmas, and the St. Louis Battlehawks uh, made it from the XFL to form an eight-team Are we going to throw down with St. Louis? We would, hate St. Louis? I would love to. That'd be great. Uh, I, I, there's got to be a rivalry. I don't <laughs> know who it would be. Maybe St. Louis. That seems the closest. Uh, a 10-game season will start on March 30th, and it was also announced... That's a little um, earlier than last year it, it is, It is, but a little later than the XFL start, so um, kind of met in the middle there, and also uh, John DeFilippo uh, will be the new head coach for the Memphis Showboats. He joins um, the team after leading the New Orleans Breakers to a 7-3 and record last year. Obviously, uh, they did not make the merger, so uh, he has now joined uh, the, the, the Showboats as uh, their head coach. What I learned, just learned from our friend Pat Smith down in Birmingham at Jocks, 27.2 million viewers tuned in for Bama. Whoa. Peaked at 32.8 million. Wow. 18.4 for Texas and Washington. Fourth highest Sugar Bowl audience in 20 years. That's incredible. I mean, we knew it was going to be big, but that is uh, is really um, unbelievable. A couple of things I could have done without. Um, the first being the news today uh, that the Jets are waving Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook. I understood the signing when it happened. Uh, Brees Hall was injured. He was going to try to go in there, be that starting guy. But Brees Hall came back um, and really, you know, Kind of came back ahead of schedule. It seemed like he got back and really hit the ground running um, and got back to that featured back that he showed he could be last year. So that kind of left Dalvin Cook out hanging around, and, and uh, really the season did not play out the way he would like. Obviously the Jets' season did not play out uh, that the way any of the Jets would have liked it. So now they've re- they've waived him, but that is good for him because now he can go and sign with a playoff team um, and be a part of a playoff. The other thing I could have done without, um, there are rumors that have now been confirmed 
confirmed um, by reporters that uh, Connor Stallions, uh, who obviously the big name in the Michigan sign-stealing um, scandal, was at the Rose Bowl yesterday cheering on the old maze. In the stands Luke, or the sideline? In the stands. Well, he's got a right game. to do that, Absolutely. He? And so it's becoming a big deal. You want a fun fact? Well, what's the fun fact? Uh, Caden Prescorn and his brother that's going to be a freshman yeah. next year at Michigan, tight end. Uh-huh. Junior high basketball coach Connor Stallions. You're kidding! I swear, you're that. kidding! Yeah, that is amazing! Wow! And, and, and I asked him. I said, "What, what happened?" He said, "Great guy, very committed guy. You know, you know marine. Yeah. You know, hard edge guy. Sure. He goes. He, he loves Michigan. He wants to win. I mean, hey, yeah, <laughs> that's good, good, uh, good reason. But you know, I, but I, I, I love Ole Miss and I want to win. Yeah. But you, you, you can't. You can't do all that. Yeah, but but Brett, like you said, the reason I could have done without is it's becoming kind of a headline story. And like you said, if he's in the stands, he bought a ticket. He has a, the, just as much of a ride as every other Michigan fan to be there watching. Well, you know, he's I know not Pete Rose uh, band for yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, is I it? know it's kind of a uh, this guy's here, but still, I mean, let him enjoy the game. I mean, it's not like OJ showing up at a USC oh, game, is Lord. it? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Where are you beaming tonight? Uh, I think I am going to be. There's some really good basketball games tonight. I'm going to try to do a college basketball double header tonight, six o'clock. Nine it's a great night. It, it's a really good night. Nine and three. I messed Wake it up. Forest. Right. I said Duke and it's Duke and Syracuse. Duke and Syracuse. I said yeah. North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I think no, it was no. off there. Well, I'm correcting myself. Off right, there. but but North Carolina plays Pitt, which will be yeah, a good real game, good game tonight on ESPN. But uh, being me to Wake Forest, Boston College, two nine and three teams on ACC Network. Then later tonight at eight o'clock, Northwestern ten and two Northwestern versus. Uh, Number nine ranked Illinois, ten and two. It's going to be a different team. Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, is not with the team anymore after he was charged with rape uh, last week. So this is a new look uh, Illinois team. I'm curious to see what they look like against really a good Northwestern team. I'm going to the NBA tonight. Oh, Boston get... at Oklahoma oh, City. Oh, that's going to be a great game. Follow me. Follow me here. Okay. This could be the NBA Finals come June. It really could be. Oh, man, it really could be. And it makes you think about the teams that have passed the Grizzlies. Mm. Oklahoma City's passed the Grizzlies. Yeah. Minnesota, Sacramento, New Orleans. That's too many passing you. It's a lot of cars, yeah. No, it, it really is. But that's going to be um, a fun game. Also uh, in action tonight in college basketball, you've got Purdue-Maryland, which Maryland's given Purdue trouble and in the that's past. that's a Big Ten game. Yes, yes, it, that's it a Big Ten game. Big Ten game, game. Yes. 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 For for those who are confused, I know a lot of realignment <laughs> going on, but that game also on Peacock, uh, Brett. So uh, I, I, I'm we'll still... Talk. I have Maryland still in the ACC. No, no. Well, nope. you, you better you better figure that out fast before July, or you're gonna your head's gonna be spinning with all these new teams. Downtown at FedEx Forum, popping the Spurs five yeah. and twenty seven at FedEx Forum. I, I think it's must win for the Grizzlies. Yep. Are you right back at thirteen under after the Sugar Hive? Jaw returning. They were six and nineteen then. Mm-hmm. Lost night. You're ten and twenty three. 13-unders, 13-under. No, it sure is. Another game that I'm going to be keeping an eye on tonight in the NBA, the Magic and the Warriors. I remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about this Magic team um, real high up in the East and playing really good basketball. It's kind of you know let down a little bit, but against a Warriors team that's 15-17 and 17 on the season, they really need a win at home against the Magic. They do. So it's going to be a good night in sports. Um, some really good. Happy I mean, if you're New into Year. basketball, happy New Year. If you're into basketball, um, it's a really, really good night to start the year, even though it's January 2nd. But after last night, man, uh, it might be a good night to have off and maybe get into bed a little bit early after the late night uh, of college football. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.